You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit lakings.com slash podcast. Around the horn, Roy. Through the middle, Lozada. Shot blocked by Beauvillier's reach. Mayfield gets inside position on Lazat. Still pops up the puck. Roy, score! You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Downing, waits, fires, save, flurry, rebound, score! Kopitar! He has two in the opening period, and it is nothing L.A. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men, presented by Manscaped, an official partner of the L.A. Kings. Thanks to this revolutionary company, manscaping accidents are a thing of the past. Just get yourself the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Inside, you'll find products like their Lawnmower 3.0, which is advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't cut you. Everything you need to keep trimmed and smelling nice is in the Perfect Package 3.0. You can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code KINGSMEN at manscaped.com. That's manscaped.com and use the code KINGSMEN. Now, the NFL Draft Lottery is Friday, but yesterday, well, yesterday was Father's Day. So, I called my dad and asked him what he thought about the Kings. We talked a little bit about the team moving forward. And then we got into the current situation with the return to play plan and the pandemic and a bunch of other side conversations. And I really, well, I just want to say at the top, uh, neither of us are economists or experts on running huge companies or on overseeing how multiple huge companies coexist with one another to create an industry. And we're certainly not epidemiologists, so take everything we say with a grain of salt. We don't know what we're talking about. We're just speculating wildly. But nonetheless, I hope you enjoy it. Joining me now for Father's Day, you know him, you love him, <clears throat> my dad. How are you doing, Dad? I'm good, thanks, Jess. How are you? I'm I'm great, thanks. <laughs> good. Um, good. So uh, the season's over, and uh, it's been over for a while, but we were yep. waiting to find out, you know, announcements of dates and times and official closings of the season, and I realized we hadn't actually spoken to you since the season was officially called, and since we are recording this on Saturday the 20th, but since tomorrow is Father's Day, and you won't be available... Uh, I thought I'd call you now. So happy Father's Day right off the top. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. It's always nice to be around for one more Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, nice to have you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about the season. Uh, we haven't yet, again, spoken to you about your thoughts on the season. It was only 70 games, not 82. The Kings predictably missed the playoffs. But I'm curious if there were any surprises, anything unexpected, uh, anything you did expect. You know, obviously there was the Kovalchuk thing that happened. You know, it was, uh, I almost said Murray. Oh, it was, yeah. McC- it was McClellan's. <laughs> I know. It seems like it, ages ago, right? <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, it was McClellan's first no. season. Well, yeah. first of all, that wasn't a surprise, um, I don't think. I mean, maybe the way it ultimately played, you know, but ultimately it wasn't really a surprise, right? Like, it no. was pretty clear it wasn't working and that it was never going to work. And, um, so I think, I thought that was a, a good move. I forget what even, oh, I know they just stopped paying him or something, right? I forget what happened, but I, <laughs> I thought that was a good move. Yeah. And, um, McClellan, you know, I wasn't sure at first, but I think ultimately it looked like the, a good move. And he seemed, you know, clearly they had trouble off the get go. And then clearly in the last, I don't know, 20 games or something. They looked, I don't know if they were that good or not that good, but they was certainly a lot more fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, a a seven game win streak at the end certainly helps. 
it helped, and and they looked good doing it. And I get it because they were out of the playoffs, and so there's always that that thing where you're, you know, whatever, right? The pressure and all that, and other teams are fighting. But nevertheless, they looked good. And if I recall, Quick had a real rough beginning, mm-hmm. and and then you know when all the stuff you read about how they were changing the system, blah blah blah. But he obviously um, came around, and then he was incredible. And um, trading Campbell was too bad, but then you know now they've they've got the tandem for a while, so that seems solid. So uh, you know it was exciting there. You know it was too bad. Like I guess they weren't going to make the playoffs, but you almost thought, well, maybe they could pull it out, and wouldn't that be exciting? But um, I guess we'll never know. Well, I mean, even if they had won out, it would still require a ton of other teams to go on unbelievable <laughs> losing streaks. I mean, when, when Bailey and I were sort of doing all of those uh, video game simulations, yeah. you know, we didn't know if we were going to keep simulating a fake playoffs. And so I was keeping track of what would need to happen, you know, <laughs> to make it even potentially realistic. And and I think I wound up having, no. the, so I think Edmonton doubt, like three or four teams had to have gone on, you know, lose, eight, lose nine, ten losing, you know, ten game losing streaks. Like it's not yeah. impossible, but it would have had the dominoes yeah. would have had to fall exactly right. It would have no, been they, they incredibly have, they, unlikely. They, <laughs> <laughs> no, and they probably, but they might have passed a couple more teams. So as it turns out, maybe they'll end up with a decent draft spot, and they might have played their way out of one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that that didn't even concern me that much because I think they have so much, uh, so many players. Uh, you know, as they say in the pipeline, that I don't know that you know wh- whoever gets drafted this year, since they're not likely to get first, second, third, or fourth, is going to be some kind of immediate impact player anyway. And they need a lot of sorting. So, um, so it would have been fun to see them win more games and and then really get a feel for okay, you know, what is this team? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, we saw so we saw Martin Furk, Gabriel Velarde, Mikey Anderson all called up, you know, near the end. Oh, yeah. Um, and like you said, it would have been really nice to see, you know, what those guys are. Because I think Velarde played 10 games. I'm looking it up right now. But 10 games is, especially in a situation like that, as you said, where all the other teams aren't really trying that hard. Yeah. He's, he's a rookie joining the team at the end of the season. So it's not like there's, you know, video on him. Um, no, and there, I remember thinking that there were moments. I mean, obviously, scoring, stepping on the ice and scoring mm-hmm. a first goal was exciting. I'm not sure how many more he got after that. I can't even remember. Um, he wound up with three you know, goals he, and four points for seven. Yeah, which, sorry, seven points, four assists, seven points in ten games, which is not bad. Um, I just remember thinking, look, well, he had. You could see there were moments where you go, okay, I get it, and then there were other moments I thought, oh, he, he's going to have to. Right, get a little faster or figure stuff out, but it was you know you can't. Guy hadn't played hockey in so right. long, um, and Ferk hard to know with Ferk too, right? Like, but on, on the other hand, they seem to work well together. So you know, I'm optimistic about that, and I thought um, it was his name, Trevor Moore. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I thought near the end he started to look pretty good, and so you know, it seems like there's a lot of upside. And they're just going to have to figure out which which of all these prospects ends up on the team, right? Yeah. And I, you know, if you go online and look at all the things, they throw out names, and I think, oh, I don't know about that guy. Um, 
but I won't name names. But sure. <laughs> but you know that to me is really going to be whether or not this team's any good. It's going to be the decision to figure out which ones, which of all these guys will be the guys, right? Well, you mentioned uh, uh, the draft, and obviously the draft lottery is coming up on Friday, um, so everybody should tune oh, in yeah. and watch that. We'll have a, a pre lottery show on Thursday on all the Kingsmen live at noon. And then we'll, we'll be coming live immediately following the draft lottery. So look out for yeah, that. But I mean, right. even if, like you said, even if they get a fifth or sixth pick, or even if they get the first overall, um, as you said, because they have such a stocked pipeline, you, there's already more guys in the pipeline than can fill an NHL roster. Yeah. Way and, more. Yeah. And so, and now you're going to add in another, I think they have 11 picks in this year's draft and one of them will be yeah. a top seven pick. Yeah. So that just crowds an already deep system and they, and they have guys in, currently in the lineup, right? Whether it's Velarde, well, you know, yeah. or Kopitar, or Brown, or I follow, and obviously Brown won't be around forever, but he'll be here for, you know, at least a year or two. Yeah. Um, and you've got yeah. Adrian Kempe and Blake Lazotte who are very young. So, you know, we were talking to Nick and Daryl last week about the 2012 Cup run, and I was just sort of looking at some of the names on the roster and how old they were at the time. And it I forgot how young that team was. They had a couple guys, you know, they had Scuderi and Mitchell who were kind of older. Right. But they had a lot of guys who were like 21, 22, 23 on that team. Huh. I mean, it makes me, I don't know, nervous is not the right word, but it reminds me that you know, we're talking about will Jared Anderson Dolan ever develop into the kind of player they want him to be, right? He's, you know, 20 years old. Well, Kyle Clifford was right. 20 in 2012, and Drew Doughty and Voinov were 21, and Dwight King wow. and Jordan Nolan were 22, and Kopitar was 24, and Martinez was 24, and Trevor Lewis is 24, and Walker and Roy are already 25. Yeah, and, and they're and the newcomers, the key, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> that, and that's right, because really the key is how many guys on that team were between 24 and 27, which is at some level or other your sweet spot for mm-hmm. right if a team right when a team is probably going to be at their best. Where where the and that's what Lombardi used to talk about, right? Like when they when they take over the team, yeah. kind of thing, and then you throw in guys like Mitchell and Scuderi, and um, you know. And and Brown wasn't that young, right? Um, he was twenty. He and Richards and Carter were all part of that two thousand three draft. So yeah. they were, you know, right. So they nine, were already nine years, you know, twenty six, twenty seven, yeah. right? So that was so that's what you needed. And I don't know whether that is the makeup of the team now. I don't think it is. We have a bunch of old people, and then a bunch. I mean, they're not old, old. <laughs> <Yeah>. you, know, <laughs> you know, we have a bunch of guys thirty and over, and then a whole bunch of guys, you know, who seem to be fifteen. <laughs> to me, um, well, I don't so, think yeah, it's, you're right. I don't think it's a coincidence that the oldest players on that team were Mitchell, Scuderi, Stoll, Williams, and Green. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah. So that will be the interesting thing is when these young kids sort of are ready to, re- you know, if they're going to be what they're going to be. Will Kopitar, Brown, uh, and Dowdy, you know. They'll have to be the play the roles that those guys played, and I think they still can. You know, Brown might Brown might age out. I guess I don't know. Um, yeah, that will be interesting. Uh, but also, you know, there was Quick, who was you know super in his prime, and so the question is, can Cal Peterson be super in his prime? Yeah, or just you know, can Quick last for one more Cup run? 
Um, well, but I don't know. It's it's all very crazy. I mean, you know, the the defense seems a little more when at the beginning of the year I was like, oh boy, but by the end of the year, all of a sudden Roy and Walker and um, you know, it was a shame they had to trade Martinez, but at some point you have to write heading forward. Uh, it seemed like maybe they're going to be okay. So I still have a theory about why everybody has this negative view. Like every time we talk about the defense, every time anybody talks about the defense, there seems to be this subconscious pull to do what you just did, which is to say, oh, it started out rough. And I have a theory about that because it didn't – I don't think it really did. Um, if you look at the numbers, the team actually performed pretty well defensively over the season. But they opened up on the road, and they went 0-3 on the road. And in that game, Matt Roy had two or three really bad looks, and yeah. and Bjornfoot <laughs> was in the lineup. Right. But if those games had right. been played at home and not on the road, then – 18,000 extra fans wouldn't have been watching the telecast and wouldn't have seen yes. the, wouldn't have seen the replays of those bad looks from Roy and so wouldn't have sort of had cemented in their mind ooh Matt Roy's struggling right cuz he I mean he really did get beat badly on two or three but in the grand scheme of a total season when he's the the leading plus minus guy on your team by like a wide margin and like the best you know fancy stat defenseman like so what's three goals who cares um, no, in, in a season uh, where you're think, missing the playoffs by a wide margin. But I do think it took a while, which was understandable, because I think also, um, uh, of course, now I'm, I can't even think of his name, Mac. <laughs> What's his yeah, name? Curtis McDermott. <laughs> oh, yeah, McDermott. Oh, my, I'm getting old, Jesse. Um, <laughs> um, you know, he had a bit of a shaky beginning, so he was in and out of the lineup. And, you know, Roy had a bit of a shaky, which is understandable. You know, we liked Walker right from the get-go, but, but you know, he he had some moments, too. Mm-hmm. And Dowdy was having a rough beginning. Um, and, and then, you know, Martinez was there, and I even forget who else. They kept putting people in and out, and I even, now I forget who they even are, um, <laughs> which, is, which is I really mean, Kale Clegg had a couple games. Oh, yeah, Clegg. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and Forbert played a little promise. bit. <laughs> ben Hutton, who? Derek, who? Ben Hutton, oh, Joachim yeah, Ryan, Hutton, right. Derek Forbert. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so they couldn't quite figure out right who who was going to be right. So McDermott and Ryan and 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 Hutton for a while were all in and out, and so I just don't think it gelled. But at some point, it really did. Mm-hmm. Right, that last fifteen twenty games. I mean, there was a seven game win streak, but even before that, it was it was getting to be. It, it wasn't painful to watch anymore. It was starting mm-hmm. to be fun. Even the games they lost, and I, I don't know what the record was in the last 20. Um, you know, apart from the seven-game win streak, I think it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm um, looking at their February right now, and they started out February with a string of losses, but then they beat Calgary, they beat Colorado, they beat, they lose to Winnipeg, they beat Florida. They lose in a shootout to Colorado. They lose to Edmonton, and then the seven-game win streak. So yeah, they had they right. put together a nice little string of wins there. A, a nice little string, right? Of the last twelve, fifteen games mm-hmm. were were as good as any team in the you know. So I think by then things really right. Walker sort of was Walker, and Roy came through, and then Dowdy's game got better, and they settled on McDermott, and he started to really. I started to really like him, you know. Like they figured out his role, and he figured out his role, and Hutton started to play 
you know, well. And um, so I, I did think that made a, so I'm not as, I'm sort of more confident going into the next year. And then plus there's Bjorn Foot and, and Clegg and uh, I think there's somebody else I can't remember anymore. Um, Sean Dersey. Uh, oh, yeah, Dersey. I don't, Marcus uh, I don't Phillips. Know, <laughs> Mar- uh, yeah. Jordan Spence. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, 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 and there's a bunch and, of them. <laughs> and Mikey Anderson, I thought, right. started to look really good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if Anderson, Walker, and Roy turn out to be the three, and that doesn't even include Bjornfoot, um, with Dowdy and McDermott, okay, so that's that's going to be a solid defense where you have Dowdy as, you know, maybe your big defensive guy, right? Get going forward and not have to worry about being, you know, this offensive juggernaut anymore. If that sort of switches, then I think, you know, and then with Quick, I think, yeah, that's pretty solid. Um, or seems to be solid, I guess we'll find out. So it's just, can they pick the right forwards? Um, well, and I don't they, think it's going to be that easy. No. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, I think that, and, and this was part of the reason I pushed for all of the young prospects to go play in Ontario to start the season, because you're going to start needing to figure out who plays what role, right? Like, is Jared right. Anderson Dolan a second line center? Is he a third line center in the cut of a Jared Stoll? Or is he a fourth line center in like a Trevor Lewis or Kyle Clifford kind of way where he plays like right. 10 to 15 minutes a night, you know, depending on who the opponent is. And, you know, you don't really, you know, you'd never call him like a star or a crucial cog. Right. You know, is he the guy who wins the unsung hero every year? Um, right. Or is he going to um, actually slip right out of the lineup? Well, that or, or is he trade bait? I mean, who knows? But the point is you yeah. have all of these guys and you need to start figuring yeah. it out. Um, the sooner well, the better. Well, the other issue, of course, is will there be any hockey being played by well, these that, kids? <laughs> that is uh, yeah, and also that's another really question. Gonna, yeah. yeah, and that's going to really complicate it. But even if there is, right, so now they need a new coach, which is also going to determine a lot. Um, so that will be interesting if was whatever happens. And uh, I guess I'm not that confident anymore that they're even going to play the playoffs because I guess Austin Matthews got COVID, and well, that's a. Tampa I mean, that's Bay. a whole more complicated issue. But it, yeah. but at least just on the surface of it, it seems to me. And you and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, but it seems to me like the whole point of testing is to find out if people have it, so you don't let them around other people. So I'm. I see the testing. I see the positive tests, and I shrug and I go, "Yeah, that's good. It works." No, it is. <laughs> it is good. It's just whether or not they'll. You're right. It's just whether or not the powers that be will go. Oh, heck. Right. <laughs> you know, they'll just panic and decide, you know what, this is, it, it, let's just skip this whole darn thing, which I would be fine with, frankly. Um, as well, much as I'd like to watch hockey, I, yeah. I find this whole starting up in August thing to be, I don't know, it, it seems goofy to me because nobody's played since the middle of March, and then you're going to finish a season that's not really finishing the season. I mean, it's really not to me. Um <laughs> Right, it's 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 five months later. <laughs> yeah, five or six months later, it's it's a whole different year. So, are you really finishing out that season? Why not just, for my money, call it a day and open training camps in October? I mean, I'm biased um, because it gives me something to talk about for the next well few, <laughs> few months. But also, I think as Kings, like as a Kings fan, I, look, I will be bummed if it doesn't happen because hey, hockey. But I won't be like crestfallen yeah. or heartbroken because it doesn't really change anything for us. But imagine if you were a Maple Leafs fan or a Golden Knights fan 
And you know, once well, you once you get past the self loathing and sadness of your life, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, if the Kings had made the playoffs somehow, improbably, I, we would be you know screaming bloody murder if they um, weren't allowed to play. I couldn't even be a Maple Leafs fan the fourteen years <laughs> I lived in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> Even going to the games, yeah. um, I did like Sittler and Salming, but um, but yeah, I couldn't be a couldn't yeah. be a Maple Leafs fan. No, I mean I know what you're saying. Look, I would love to watch hockey. There is nothing to watch, and it's getting to be annoying. But but at the same time, I guess be, because we have because we're not in them, the longer this thing goes on, the longer it is until the Kings play hockey. Whereas if they yeah. just cut the season. And and just everyone chill, uh, then hopefully they can open up again in in October, right? Like hopefully by October, um, you know the world will be back will be back to normal or as close to normal as I guess we're going to be, and then we just go into the next year, and it wouldn't be much different than the year there was a strike and there was no Stanley Cup and the truncated, you know, it's just yeah. life. It's not like we haven't seen this uh, movie before. Well, ironically, and, the only other time the Stanley Cup wasn't awarded was not 100 years ago, but 100 seasons ago. Right. Uh, exactly. In ni- 1919 for the Spanish flu. Right. For the Spanish flu. Yeah. So it, it makes perfect. And I don't know. I mean, I know you're right for you. And, of course, I'm concerned with you having stuff to talk about. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but apart from that part, uh-huh. my being your father, um I I just wonder if if anybody, as much as we all miss the hockey, is anybody really clamoring? And I don't even just mean hockey. I'm thinking basketball as well, right? Like it's so, it, it, right? It's it's April May. It's already three months. Yeah. It's going to be four or five months before they start up. Well, that's usually the gap between no, one season and the next season. Um. So it's just I don't know. It seems, you know, I don't know. I don't know, Jess. But I'd be just as happy being a Kings fan for this whole thing to be scrapped and let's start up again in October, uh, everyone at the same time. Right. I uh, I mean, the other element of it is, of course, the AHL, the CHL, NCAA, the USHL, the national development teams. Who knows when those will start up? And so I know you saw the you know the bloodletting in Buffalo with them firing whatever it was, fifteen to twenty four office people. <laughs> Um, What was that about? Well, so, I mean, obviously there's something going on there. But one of the conversations I heard, I can't remember if it was on Hockey Central or or one of those shows, but because there won't be a season for Buffalo, same as the Kings, they don't need a minor league coach. Right. Right. Like, and you know, the Kings also right recently let go of their minor league coach. And I'm not saying that this is why it happened in Buffalo or even that it's why it happened in L.A., but as far as conversations of replacing that those people, right? You know, right. there might not be an AHL season next year. Well, that would that would be disastrous. Yeah, it would. Um, <laughs> it would be very disastrous. And I don't even know. I mean, and, and if there isn't, then they have to rewrite the rules so yep. that all those people that would play in the AHL, I guess only a few of them could actually play juniors. Um, They'll have to be on the pro team's roster. They'll have to make a... Well, they may expand rosters. They may allow compliance buyouts. They may allow, you know, I've heard some conversations about, you know, some like teams in regional areas, right? So the Ducks, the Kings, the Sharks, you know, the Coyotes and the Knights might be allowed to have their own mini camps, right? Where those 
where the the players who don't make the big club but who are have either aged out of juniors or you know they're like Turcotte where they were NCAA players you know who who don't have a junior team to go to and they've lost their eligibility because they've signed a contract you know maybe they can come well, and play tournaments against each other i mean it, it will i don't who knows what'll actually happen but it might wind yeah. up being something along those lines well it would have to be i mean they can't sit out a year Right, in a year your, and a half. In your prime deve- a year and a half in your prime development. I mean, it's just not. Yeah. Like if you're going to keep having, you know, sports leagues, I mean, they could probably, you know, there's probably a few of them where they could rewrite the eligibility rules and say, hey, you you can go back to college. <laughs> right? I mean, but that um, that's probably an NCAA thing, right? The NHL wouldn't have any control yeah. over that. No, I mean, yes, they'd have. To, I know that's for me. You'd have to figure all that out, but yeah, that's what's going to be uh, crazy and. I don't know. I mean, I, I certainly hope there's um, – is, is Charleston in the ECHL? Because we really enjoy yes. going to Charleston <laughs> to see a couple of games a year. Yeah. Um, it's it's really fun. It's a nice um, day trip for us. And so, um, yeah, that would just be a shame. And that's a lot of hockey players to put out of work. And, man, I don't know at the ECH level, right, if they're – if those guys don't play hockey for a year and a half, I don't know how many go back, right? Yeah, they I mean, make my, that much money. My suspicion would be that you'd see a strengthening of the connection between big clubs and minor league clubs. Yeah, yeah, right? there'd have to be. There's a, there's a one. I think at this point now, there's a one to one ratio between NHL and AHL clubs. Right, but not every AHL club is actually owned by the team that you know, uh, yes. loans to it, right? Like the, the Golden Knights were the just purchased the Silver Knights, but they had previously operated, I think, as an independent team out of San Antonio. Um, right. So now they are owned by the Golden Knights, but I think you might now see teams like the ECHL teams, whereas I don't think the Kings ever owned the Reign when they were an ECHL team or the Monarchs when they made the swap. Maybe maybe the NHL clubs do wind up purchasing those ECHL teams in uh, order to cover the expenses because the the expenses can't be. I mean, you and I looked it up when we went to that Charleston game. What did we say? The it was like a weekly salary cap of eleven thousand or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, it was either eleven hundred a week or eleven thousand for the year. It wasn't a lot of money, no, for sure. No, not at and all. The only the only guys that were making. You know, some kind of decent money were the ones that were on an AHL, right? Which is paid uh, for by a different club, anyway. Yeah. So, and even then, it wasn't a lot, but you could see how they're making a living. But the guys that were just, you know, the guys that love hockey, right? right and were were living in Charleston, and and the other teams coming through were not making a lot of money. I mean, no. It, it, you know, they couldn't afford to sit out a year and a half. They'd have to get a job. And a lot of them probably have other jobs anyway, but they would definitely have to have a job. And then then you have – and like I used to read articles in the local paper, right, where guys would go, you know, uh, they have to figure out, you know, is it is it worth it, right? Like if they get a good job, mm-hmm. then, you, you know, maybe you have to sort of go, heck. Um, but if they have a year and a half off, so that, that would be disastrous. Just well, and it seems around. to me – it seems to me as the game grows, right? You have an, you have to have an ecosystem of players for the yeah. good players to play against, right? To stay yeah. fresh and to develop their skills and everything. And maybe fifty years ago, sixty years ago, when the league was still small, 
that ecosystem was smaller. And so you had guys that maybe today would be ECHL players in the league, yeah. right? That's why you had a goon culture. That's why you had, you know, maybe a plug yeah. here or there. But as the game grew, not just the NHL, right? But as the as the ecosystem of available players got better, right? Then now you then for a while you had the IHL fighting the AHL for who was going to be the top right. second league in the nation, right? And if you listen to Dave Andrews, yeah. he talks about you know, he saw the future and decided to make the AHL strictly a development league. And then whatever it was, 10, 12 years later, the IHL goes out of business because, right, right, the thing changes. And so who knows? Maybe now it's time for, you know, maybe you look at the ECHL and you say, okay, well, we there are still fringe guys who can't make an AHL roster that have a, that have career potential. And, right. And we yeah. need we need a place for them to play. And if it only costs you an extra $50,000 a year as an organization, maybe it's worth it. I don't know. Well, I think so, but also, you know, just on a business end, right? Um, it's it's if you're going to grow a business, which they are, and then you you need right. They're trying to grow it everywhere. So, a team in Charleston is, you know, look. I don't know if anyone on the troll. I think I mean I've seen people. A lot of NHL brothers play for Charleston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you go, brothers oh, of <laughs> NHL players. You mean? Of NHL yeah, players, yeah. yeah. Like so, guys grew up obviously loving hockey. They're still pretty good. They're just not quite as good as their brother. Right. But you know, but here's the league for them. But apart from that, right? So if you're someone like me who's transplanted out of Canada to California to to this part of the world, well, there's some hockey to watch, and and it it grows the business, and they've got good fans, and when those fans travel to uh, NHL cities, they'll go see a game. You know, and they'll watch on TV and they add, you know, so you want to have these leagues all over the country. Right. Um, apart from just being a farm system, it's it's just good to have hockey being played. Yeah. Um, and keeping it, keeping it. And plus, <laughs> as you know, because you, you spoke to the guy, right? You're also talking about a farm team for play-by-play guys. Yep. Um, PR people, guys, marketing. PR, yep, yeah, Ticket exactly. sales, everything, yep. To everything, right? It's a whole, so it's not just even the players, so. So it would be, I think, disastrous, and hopefully, um, and I guess that's uh, other than your job, which is the most important thing to me, of course. <laughs> of course. But apart from that, as just a fan, mm-hmm. I would prefer that all of this just not do the playoffs and not worry about this and figuring out a hub city and how they're going to do it. And it's never going to be really anyway. Just, just end it and say we're going to be back in um, end of September, early October. And even if that ends up because of whatever, 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 even if that gets pushed to, say, November 1st, you can still basically have mm-hmm. a full season or they can they can truncate it to 70 games or 72 or something, and, and everybody will be fine with that. My... But, but if, they, if they push it to December, where the new season starts in December or January, I don't know. Yeah, it'll it'll be weird. Well, I mean, every sport's got to deal with this, obviously. But just from a purely narrative standpoint, as a fan, my concern is, and it's not a concern, but let's say Vegas, Toronto, Montreal, you know, either one of the really good teams or one of the really bad teams winds up winning the cup. Right. If it's one of the bad teams, then outrage, right? Like, well, this is this yes, is crazy. Totally. This team was never even supposed to <laughs> totally. qualify for the cup, et cetera, et cetera. But if it's one of the really good teams, then it's the whole asterisk conversation. 
right? right. If, if Toronto wins the cup, then it's like, well, okay, you know, they got a five month break in between the end of the regular season and then they got a buy or I don't even, I don't think they got a buy, but you know what I mean? Like it becomes this whole thing. Whereas if a team like Boston or Pittsburgh, and I'm not even looking at the standings, so I don't know how they compare to teams like Vegas or Toronto, but a team that's already won it, a team with an established identity that people are used to, you know, you just sort of go like, yeah, okay, that, all right, fine. Boston won it. They were in the final last year, you know, or if St. Louis wins it again, you go like, all right, back-to-back champs. Good for St. Louis. They had a good team. Right. But if Edmonton no, wins I it mean, for the first who, time with McDavid or Toronto, then it's like, well, does Who it won the shortened season? Did Chicago win the cup? Yeah. Yeah. The 2013. Short- yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that, everyone forgets about that because they won the two other cups. Right. And they were clearly the best team in the league for that for that five, six, whatever mm-hmm. period, you know, with the Kings, but they were, you know, I think arguably you'd say they were the best team. So that's great, but you're right. I hadn't even thought about it, but you're right. What if the team that's seeded 24th, right. It's one thing <laughs> if an eight seed team wins, right. right? Like, like the Kings that happened to peak at the right time yeah. and, you know, tweak the team a little bit. And then, and then they just bullied everybody, right? They just plowed through it. So it wasn't a fluke. But yeah, what if the what if the team that's seated twenty fourth wins the cup? That's going to be crazy. Yep, that's just crazy. And what's the point? <laughs> well, that's I mean that's the question. And and, and we we're leaving New Jersey yeah. out of this too, right? Because they won it in ninety five, yeah. which was also a shortened season. Oh yeah, that's right. But then they and won everybody... it two other times in the next eight right. eight years, that's... I think. So you go like, okay, exactly, whatever. So, <laughs> so that's okay, right? They were the best team. Yeah. So you know, if Tampa Bay and and wouldn't it be awful? Not awful because good for Tampa Bay, right? <laughs> right. But they should have won it eight years in a row. And wouldn't it be crazy if this is the year they win it when there'll be an asterisk? <laughs> well, and now we have a salary cap. So like I said, if a team like Toronto or Tampa wins it and then immediately has to dismantle or or completely right. rebuild their thing and then you know, let's say they don't ever win it again because they tore it down. Yeah. Then you do have that and again, it's not the end of the world. I'm sure all the players will be thrilled and no, the fans I, will be no, thrilled, but it does just sort of lend that conversation of like, well, does that count or is it just some sort of goofy? So I I don't know. There's yeah. pros and cons both ways. I don't know. It'll be interesting. And actually well, I probably missed it now, but I before you called, I was watching the Belmont Stakes, which mm-hmm. I forgot was on, and it just looks goofy. There's nobody there. <laughs> I'm okay with that part. <laughs> yeah, but I, it was a horse race, and it looked goofy. <laughs> I, I'll ask you this though. I hadn't I hadn't planned on asking you this, but since it came up, yeah, where do you come down on? Let's say they do play the qualifying rounds in the playoffs. Do you think they should uh, use fake crowd noise and digital fans, <laughs> or should they do like what they're doing in South Korea, where they have like cardboard cutouts, you know, or stuffed animals or, or whatever? <laughs> That's a lot of cardboard cutouts. But um, well, I think it'd be kind of funny to do some cardboard cutouts. But can't they for the TV? I, I mean, I guess I don't know what the players. I mean, I don't know. Do they need noise and stuff? I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know, right? They're just You know, they they're used to growing up playing hockey. But on TV, can't they just put in a simulated um, crowd? Yeah, well, that's one of the conversations. Is like you, I don't know yeah. how you would do it. Like, put up a green screen over the seats or something. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, <laughs> I I personally don't want it. I, I would be fine with something like cardboard cutouts or stuffed animals or whatever, just so there's something in the seats. And I think I'm certainly not the first one to suggest this, but I've seen suggestions where you know you let the fans. I think a German team did this. You let the fans buy th- their seats. And have a cutout of themselves. So like you and I could have, you know, cardboard cutouts <laughs> really? of uh, of us in, you know, section 320, uh, row one, seats nine and 10. Now, obviously, well, they, w- they wouldn't do it for the 300s, but. 
I mean, yeah. and then you donate but that is, money to a, you know, to to whatever. Yeah. Well, I think if there's a way to do this, and it probably isn't. Couldn't you just zoom the audience in? Yeah, I mean, the they did TV that for show. the NFL draft. It's a lot of. Yeah. Imagine it's. I think the logistics of it are probably just. It's a lot. Too much a lot of, a, of boxes. Yeah, too much of a nightmare. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't really care. But like I say, just watching the Belmont Stakes, it was kind of goofy, and it you know it's a horse race, so it's only two minutes, so it'll be fine. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think watching the games. It, it, I don't know. I mean, it'll be it'll it'll really be interesting. I know, you know, we've talked about this as as everyone has. Whenever they tried that a couple of years ago, um, and somebody got the clever idea of having um, a simulcast of any game, which is one with the regular game, and then on the other channel you could get yeah. it without any play by play, right? Um, because everyone's like, well, we don't. But it was horrible, right? Yeah. E- even though, even though you're watching it. Why do you need someone to tell you what you're seeing? But for some reason, you just do. Um, it just it just doesn't work without it. And and when you go to the game, it's one of the things you kind of miss, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like I said at the but, top, if you know the reason everybody thinks the Kings, or at least Matt Roy, had such a rough start, as far as I'm concerned, is because every one of us was watching the telecast. Yeah, there eighteen thousand of us weren't at the game. And didn't yeah, get the replay it, it, and didn't get to hear Jim and Alex say, oof, that's a bad beat on the outside for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just no. drills into your head before the season's even yeah. started. Like, oh, this guy's a bum. Turns out so he's So I, I think it's going to be really interesting. And I'm, I'm – I don't know. I'm, I'm not confident, I guess, at some level. I think it will be weird. And it may be so weird that it takes away the fun of watching the game. That would that it would be not, a shame, but it <laughs> it would really be a be shame, a shame. <laughs> <laughs> right? But but even when you're watching at home on TV, you know, say let's say if you're watching game on TV and it's two last place teams and it's in a bad blah blah blah, and you can see that instead of eighteen thousand, they only have five thousand people, right? It kind of doesn't feel the same. You you sort of wince and kind of feel like. You know, if it's your team and you want them to win, that's, right. you know, okay, you, whatever. But the feel, the feel of what you're watching is not the same. Well, you and I, so if there's, you and I met in Florida two years ago, three years ago. I, I thought we met when you were born. But no, that's well, a whole but other. I mean, <laughs> but we attended a Florida Panthers yes. game. We um, did, yes. We didn't sit next to each other, but we were both at the game, and that was a very sparsely attended game between the Kings and Panthers. Oh, and I believe it was it in was, February, January, February. Yeah, it was. It was probably five thousand, or there was not very many people. Yeah, so I mean, we yeah, weren't watching the weird. telecast, but it did feel weird. You're right. It, it feels weird, right? You feel bad. You feel almost. You just almost feel bad being there. Like there's something wrong with you. <laughs> like, like shouldn't I be somewhere else I guess everyone else is <laughs> and and it's just it's just not as much fun so I'm not sure about when we watch on TV which is different but I'm sort of thinking it's going to be weird I, see and, this is why I think they ought to just put something in the seats because once you're watching on TV you've got the play by play you've got the color commentator you'll have the you know I don't know if they'll have sideline reporters but you know, you'll have commentary, right? Things will be happening. And then so visually, yeah. as long as there's something, as long as it's not empty seats, right? Isn't that the gag? You know, there's a full house, but everybody came dressed as an empty seat, right? As a seat, yeah. In, in the playoffs, when they hang towels over the edge of the seats, if somebody isn't in that chair, your eye doesn't necessarily register like, oh, that's a towel. That's not a human. You just, 
it looks full. So then it just comes down to crowd noise, and and I personally am against them using fake crowd noise. I think we can, I think the play by play and color commentary should be enough. I think we can handle thirty seconds. I don't know breaks and sound, I but, think, but I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting because <laughs> I know in sitcoms, right? Everyone complains of the canned laughter, but watch a show without the canned laughter, and it sometimes. You know, sometimes you you want that canned laughter, right? Because it helps you laugh. Um, now, the problem with the canned laughter was just that they used to put it in, right? Yeah, too much. When things weren't funny. <laughs> right. right? And, and every second line, there'd be canned laughter. But, but you know, it's there for a reason, which is because even if you go to a show, right? You go to a funny show, but if you're the only person in the audience, it's hard to laugh. But if it's a full house... And people start laughing, then it's it's kind of infectious and all right. that. So I don't know. I really I'm not sure how I'm going to end up liking it. But like I said, the Belmont Stakes looked goofy. <laughs> that's just a horse race. <laughs> duly, duly noted. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. We were going to talk about the awards, right. but uh, I've taken up enough time out of your day, and I know you got plans for this weekend. So uh, I will let you go. Happy Father's Thanks, Day, Jeff. Thank you. Happy Very anniversary. And, um, <laughs> thank you. Yes, Wednesday, our twenty fifth anniversary whoever saw that coming not me <laughs> and not yeah. the uh, not the new jersey devils who won their first cup on your wedding day um oh yeah that's <laughs> I, I don't know i don't can't know i don't know if you remember this or not but i always uh was terribly impressed with my stepmom when her first her first uh words to the uh crowd it's not a crowd at a wedding but whatever you call yeah. it <laughs> um but after you guys were uh, announced man and wife, and she turned around and, and said uh, she knew that you had wanted to know so that she let us know that the New Jersey Devils had, uh, in fact, beaten Detroit and were Stanley Cup champions. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's funny. <laughs> so. uh, what a good wife. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so we'll be in Florida for our anniversary. And, um, but anyway, thanks for the Father's Day. And um, hang in there. Yeah, well, you guys stay safe and all you Kings fans stay safe. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.